even though like our parents were like go-getters hustlers we took that characteristic from them and like we've taken it to the next level there's someone in this world who's going to pay for what you do so i feel like my generation is starting to see that and they're seeing how social media has affected or elevated so many other people's lives and they're like hopping on the train Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. Welcome back to another episode of the Social Complex Podcast. We're going to talk about LinkedIn today. LinkedIn is the top professional networking site in the world, with nearly 800 million members in more than 200 countries, it's a powerhouse platform for those in the workforce who are looking to make connections and elevate their careers. Jasmine King is a LinkedIn creator, among many other things. Hailing from St. Louis, Missouri, Jasmine is a recent University of Kansas graduate who studied marketing. She's also the founder of a social media shop called Socially Hooked. She went viral on LinkedIn after creating a resume for her application to Twitter that resembled a Twitter profile. The creative move sparked over 40,000 engagements and thousands of shares of the post, drawing attention from brand managers and creators from around the world. That post also landed on my LinkedIn feed, which inspired me to reach out to Jasmine to see if she's interested in getting on the mic to talk about her experience on LinkedIn and beyond. And spoiler, she was. So we talk about what it's like to go viral on LinkedIn, how pushing through the fear of vulnerability leads to great content, what Gen Z is missing by not being on LinkedIn, and how to navigate creepers in the inbox. We also explore differences between creators and consumers, how life behind the screen isn't as glamorous as it appears, and what you can do today to get more out of your LinkedIn experience. Jasmine brings a fresh perspective to the social media space, and I learned a lot from this conversation. Let's get into it. Jasmine, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yes, thank you for having me. So I came across your profile on LinkedIn when you had that killer cover letter resume situation for an application with Twitter. And I immediately Mm -hmm. said, here she is talking about Twitter, posting and going viral on LinkedIn. I'm gonna go ahead and reach out to her and see if she wants to come on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure your DMs were absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. I had to take a break because it was just so overwhelming. Because first of all, I have a nine to five, then I was getting a lot of clients. And then I'm still trying to like look for other jobs. So it's just like people like coming in my DMs, like some were asking like for me to like jump on with them to give them advice and like, mm. cause they thought I was like an expert, but I'm like, I'm not an expert. Like I just graduated, but I can't like give you tips and stuff. So then I felt overwhelmed by that because like, I don't like telling people no, like if people want help, like I want to help them. Like I don't like you know, just ignoring someone. So like tried to like apply to every single DM message, but then some people were just there to waste my time and be weird, like creepy. And I'm like, I had to take a break. The first time I posted was the other day when I reshared the girl who also did a creative resume. Before then I hadn't posted like a week. (laughs) It's a lot when people are asking for so much of someone and you know, they're, they might look at their ask and think this isn't too big of a deal. I'm just asking for advice or I'm just asking Mm -hmm. to connect, but for you on the receiving end of that, you're getting all of these inquiries and you're saying, I don't even know how to, how to manage it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to give yourself a little bit more credit. You need to give yeah. yourself a little <laughs> bit more credit 
for what you're doing in the space because yeah. people uh people don't blow up on LinkedIn every day. That's true. And it's so crazy that I did. I don't know if we can like tap into that later, but it is crazy that I did. Let's <laughs> let's talk about it now. How did you <laughs> blow up on LinkedIn? Okay, so it's funny because I when I was in college, I think in my information systems class, he made us create a LinkedIn account and like do like a reshare article or talk about an article because he was like, you need to have a LinkedIn account. So we got that for credit. But then like I hadn't been on LinkedIn for like a long time. Like I would like go on there every now and then to like connect with people like my parents and stuff, (laughs) but I wasn't on there heavy. And then like when I graduated recently, my friend, he has over 500 connections. He's like, you just need to go on there and connect with people. Like it doesn't matter. Connect with people in your industry. So I went on there. I started connecting with people in my industry and I actually started posting on there. So to introduce myself, I posted my creative portfolio. You know, some people can get like a sense of like my background and what I do and like my interests and stuff. So I did that. And I think I had like 300 and something connections before I had posted my um, resume, but I was at work and I was just scrolling through LinkedIn and I seen someone else post their uh, creative resume, but it was tailored towards like a label. I guess like the company that they were applying for, like had some type of like food or label or something. So she made it as like her resume as like a label. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. And I was at work, but like I do like digital marketing, so I can get marketing done fast. Like I don't like, like I'm not doing marketing for like eight hours. So I'm like, let me set some time aside to like do a creative resume myself. <laughs> and then I did it and I sent this to my friend because at first he did not know what I was talking about. Like in his head, he was like, how is this going to turn out? Like she's saying she's going to make her resume, her Twitter profile. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. I sent it to him and he's like, this looks better than what I imagined in my head. And I sent it to my other friend who's also been like helping me. Like he has like organization at KU that he started and he helped me get into there, you know, to do like community service, things like that, uh, to serve the minority community at KU. So he's been like very helpful in my professional journey. I said to him and he was like, this is really dope. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to post it. So I posted it and I was ah. like, and I told him, I said, go hype me up. So he had went on there and he reposted it. And then like once people started like resharing it and stuff, it just like started slowly blowing up. But it wasn't until I went to sleep and woke up that it was like, blown up like it was just going up every day and I'm like this is awesome and it's such a powerful tool honestly because it's interesting with LinkedIn it's like you don't necessarily have to follow someone for them to be on your page like you can discover mm-hmm. someone just by someone like their followers liking it or so I think that's pretty cool it's so many people on there that actually wants to help other people like it's no gatekeeping or anything like no one wanting you to succeed or keep all this success to themselves So I think it's a really cool platform and it's so interesting. Like my friends, every platform I get on for some reason, I end up going viral, like even not even being on it for like that long. So Twitter, I started in 2018. I went viral about like four or five times. TikTok, I just started at the end of September. I've went viral a few times and then I got on LinkedIn and I went viral. They're like, how do you just manage to go viral on every platform that you get on? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) You're doing something right. So what was it on Twitter that you went viral for? But I myself on Twitter, there's no like professionalism on Twitter. Like Twitter is just Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like your diary is what I'm trying to say. But, oh, I made a tweet that said, um, so Twitter had took off the retweet button 
And I made a tweet that said, y'all bullied Twitter into adding the retweet button back. And for some reason, they got like 150K likes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and then I think I made, um, let me see. I think I made, I made a tweet that said, I love Christmas, hands down the best holiday, all the beautiful lights, Christmas trees, music, enjoy just such a happy time. It got 7,000 likes. So honestly, I don't know. I guess me just being relatable to people is just like blows it up, but it's like the bare minimum. And I posted one of my grab picks that actually got 25K. It was a really nice grab pick. Oh, look at you go. <laughs> a nice graduation photo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then TikTok, what did you go viral for on TikTok? TikTok, let me go to TikTok. I did a self care video. It's basically like me setting up my bathtub, turning on like the water and putting like a caddy with some wine and uh, my iPad. I was watching Good Girls and stuff like that. And that has like 230K views right now. (laughs) And then I got other things that has like 40K views. And it's basically, I do like mini vlogs on TikTok. So just like recording my day. So that's like another thing. Like I went by moments just like doing like cleaning videos or uh, day in my life type things. Yeah. What's driving you to create those mini vlogs? So when I first got on TikTok, at first, before getting on TikTok, I thought it was just a dancing app. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that people were actually on there, you know, doing funny things, cooking, cleaning, so and things like that. So I got on there and I saw like everyone doing like luxury videos, like just recording their day. I was like, you know, this is my vibe because I don't like having like my face on camera all the time because honestly I'm not dolled up all the time like I'm like in my bed like looking so like scrappy and just like homey so I'm like let me find something I can do that doesn't require me to show my face (laughs) so I started doing the mini vlogs and I I like like aesthetics I just like things to look pretty and like things like that so like when I saw what people were doing I'm like this is my niche this is what I like to do I'm gonna do it (laughs) I love that So do you feel like it's more of a creative outlet for you and some way for you to flex that creative muscle and have fun with it? Yeah, I think so. I'm always inspired by like what other people are doing, like the way they have their like camera set up or like the different angles they get when they um, are recording certain things. Because when I first started, I would just record, but like you have to like make it flow and you got to make it like kind of different from what other people are doing. Otherwise, you're not going to stand out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So like I find creative ways in that aspect, like just ways that I can stand out, different angles or tools that I can use for my mini vlogs that I can implement and that will make me produce good content that people want to see. Yeah. At the end of the day, do you ever look back at your stuff and you're just like, wow, look at me go. Look at (laughs) look at my evolution. Yeah, I actually like when when I make a TikTok or like a reel or something, I'd like sit there and watch it over and over again. Especially if it's like only seven seconds. I'm like, why did it go by so fast? Because sometimes I do like fast ones. I do too. I'm like, and I'm just sitting there watching it. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there just watching it loop over and over. Right, right, right. Because it it (laughs) is pretty cool because like not everyone can do it. Like I have so many people like asking me like, how do you do this? I'm like, I literally just record on my iPhone. Like I don't have any special camera. I just record on my Mm -hmm. iPhone, use certain apps, like make it look good. But it's pretty fun. I think that you're just naturally a content creator. Yeah. And it's interesting because like growing up, like in my mind, I didn't have any sort of talent. Like I couldn't sing. I can't dance. I can't draw. (laughs) I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was in middle school, but that didn't turn out because like 
how am I going to draw the sketches? I don't know how to draw. And then like, as I got older, I started to get into marketing, but like marketing an aspect of creating PowerPoints or like doing designs or anything like that. But like not marketing, like advertising and selling stuff. I can't sell anything, but um, I like doing it in that aspect. And then like, as I got older and I seen like how other people were like using social media and stuff to tap into their creative marketing side, I started to like gravitate towards that because I'm like this, like, I just feel connected with this. This is probably what I want to do, what I need to do. I've always been like, not like obsessed with social media, but I love social media. Obviously, like when my parents were growing up, social media wasn't a big thing. Like they didn't think like you could actually make money from social media. So now that like people are actually showing that you can and all these people are getting all this money and success from being content creators and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, this is my talent right here. (laughs) I think it is, especially if you're going viral on every single platform that you show up on. That's not a coincidence. (laughs) That doesn't just Yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of people get that creative block when it comes to actually producing content. So they're Mm -hmm. not going to actually get out there and put themselves out on the line. Even something as simple as talking about the fact that Christmas is your favorite <laughs> holiday, that's relatable right. in and of itself, but you're not setting out to sit there and say, what's relatable for me today? You know, that's yeah, exactly. Your core and your essence and your being. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the difference between what makes a creator successful is when they're able to get over that internal hurdle of, oh, well, this isn't important or, oh, well, that's not interesting. Mm -hmm. That's where they're going to be able to push through and say, "Eh, it's relevant to me. Good enough. And then, you know, it's going to do what it does from there. Mm -hmm. I I agree with that. Yeah. Always interesting to see what happens there. But LinkedIn is a very interesting choice for you because of (laughs) your age. Um, I don't see a lot of Gen Z on LinkedIn. What's your take on that? I honestly feel like maybe because it's a professional platform and a lot of Gen Z, like they, so like when it comes to like reels and TikTok, it's like their personality, what they like to do. I think they have a hard time showing their personality on LinkedIn because they're probably scared that they're going to get judged because there is a wide range of like an age group. Like there's people who've been around for a long time in the industry and who are like used to like the norm. And then there's some Gen Z people who are like, do what you want to do. Like when my post blew up, there were a lot of people in the comments like, I wouldn't have put my profile picture. I would have done this different. I would have done, and I'm just like, that's what you would do. <laughs> that's not what I did. And I'm getting the right amount of attention. So I think it's just like them being scared to like put themselves in that space because either being judged by people who are older than them or just not being able to know what to talk about. Because when I first got on there, I didn't know what to talk about. And my friend, he was like, just like any social platform, just be yourself. Like, cause like any other social platform, I just talk about anything. Like I'm myself and I do like anything. So he was like, just do the same thing. Like it's the same thing and you're just using this for work. So just make a status, connect with people and stuff like that. So I think they're probably just too scared to put themselves in that space. You know, when you go to work, you put on a different character than what you are like at home or like with your friends. I think it's similar to that. Yeah. Do you think that in general, among your peers, when you were at college, for example, do you think that there was a different way that they would show up in class versus in social situations? Or do you think that for the most part, what you see is what you get in your peer groups? No, they would definitely show up way different in class than like what they would in their social groups. 
<laughs> I don't know. Just in class. I'm always just, curious. Like, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes I show up differently, especially since I was a part yeah. of the minority at um, KU. It was a PWI. I was a part of the minority. So it's not like I, I could have showed up as myself. But, you know, if you're part of the minority, and you can't like technically relate to a lot of people that you're around. It's like easy to put on this like mask and just like be a different person or like a more I'm going with the flow type person, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think social media is increasing the use of people masking personalities or do you think it's helping to break down barrier of people being more like authentic to who they are at the core? I think it's like not like 50-50, maybe 60-40. Cuz like there's a lot of people that's themselves on social media, but then there's a lot of people who try to be something that they're not. Like the people who are about like so when you put things on social media, um, you always share the good things. You never share the bad things or you go on social media, you alter the way you look and things like that. Like, I feel like in that aspect, that's not being true to who you are, but like that's what's trending right now. Photoshopping, you know, looking like a top notch model or stuff like that or like flashing a lot of money and like luxury things because like right now that's what people are looking for. So I feel like in that aspect, that's not someone showing up as who they are. With me, when I moved to Houston, I had made a TikTok of me moving to Houston. Like everybody's like, oh my God, your apartment's so nice. Like, what did you do to do this? Like, I want to be like you. I'm like, hold on. I don't even have a job. Like, <laughs> I don't even have a job. I'm just making things to work right now. Please do not look at my life and think that I have it all together because I don't. I'm literally just going with the flow right now. But people were saying that and I had to keep it real with them. I'm like, no, this is this isn't what you think it is. Yes, I have like a nice apartment, but like I'm struggling right now. Like I just yeah. have like 50 mini mental breakdowns. So I try to be transparent with people that are watching me like that because I know that it can be discouraging if you feel like you're not doing what someone else your age is doing. So mm-hmm. people yeah, so I know like in that aspect I try to be transparent and still be myself. Like even if I show something that's like luxury I'm like y'all I'm broke like (laughs) I'm like trying to look for a job still like I do not have my life together (laughs) painful transparency yeah like do not look at me with bright eyes and bushy tails I (laughs) I do think that there's something there though as far as how people are showing up and I go back and forth between the onus of being like transparent enough or being full, full disclaimer on, you know, this looks like a really great picture. This looks like a really great trip, but the reality is, is that I had food poisoning and this and that and the other thing. So, I mean, that's the onus of the creator putting that disclaimer out there saying, Hey, I'm broke by the way. So don't look at me. (laughs) Or does the onus fall on the viewer where it's saying you understand that everything that is out there and everything that you're consuming has a second side that you're not seeing. And Mm -hmm. that's the level of critical thinking from the end user side that like, does that responsibility fall on the creator to let them know that, Hey, this isn't the whole picture or the Mm -hmm. viewer that, Hey, I know this isn't the whole picture, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't think creators have to like put that out because like, I don't know. It's not like, I mean, I feel like it's common sense for you to not think someone's life is like completely perfect. Like even celebrities, even though they make a lot of money, their lives, they're still, we're all still humans. We all still have emotions. We all still go through stuff. So I just feel like that's something you should like, just think about. But 
some people just act like they don't have any brains on social media and just want to attack you for things. I'm just be like, I'm just living my life. <laughs> but it's true. And that's the funny thing is that you know that and you have that awareness to where you're not looking at someone and having that same level of like envy or, you know, you can, you can see the other side of the coin. Whereas yeah. there, there is a large population out there that doesn't see it. And yeah. people that are commenting on celebrity tabloids that are popping up on Facebook. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stop, stop weighing in on Kim and Kanye. Go outside. Go breathe right. some air. Exactly. I, it just is like a perpetual cycle to watch. And I feel like that comes up too, probably with LinkedIn. Are you getting unsolicited advice uh, a lot from people? Yeah. With that post, for sure. There were so many people giving advice. And I'm like, like, I was like, thank you for your advice. But like, at the end of the day, and me, you're you, <laughs> we're like, in yeah. two, we're like in different industries. Like a lot of people were commenting. So like those comments, it was like, this is appropriate for people who are in like marketing or social media or like fashion or anything like that to post a profile. Because people was like, even though like the recruiter or employer will look you up on LinkedIn, you still shouldn't put a picture. And I'm like, would I even want to be a part of a company who creates, because the only bias you can create is also in the skin color. Cause you don't know how they sound or like what they like from just looking at a picture. So the only bias that can be created is from their skin color. So I feel like if you're creating a bias against me for my skin color, then I don't need to work at your company anyway. Absolutely. It's so funny too, when people come from random industries on LinkedIn and have an opinion for a creative field. Yeah. <laughs> Because yours was so creative. Yeah. And I just feel like it's like projection. Like they're scared. Because there were a lot of people in the comments saying like, I was always so scared to do this. But since you've done this, I'm going to give it a try. So it could be projecting. Like oh. they're scared to do it. And like they see someone doing it. So now they're like, mm, I wish yeah. I would have done that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So there were a lot of people in the comments like, I've always been scared to do this. I'm glad you did this. Like, this is making me want to go, like, do something creative. How cool does that feel to inspire other people to put their creative foot forward with the job application process? It feels really good because, like, when I, when the post blew up, like, I knew people were liking it and commenting, but I didn't know that I was actually inspiring people until they were coming into my DMs, like, this is such an inspiration. I'm also in social media management. Like, do you have any tips or advice or like the people that went out, I know someone created a Spotify resume and then the one that just created Instagram. I'm like, y'all actually remember me? <laughs> like, it's so cool. <laughs> I love that so much. Every t- I, I keep seeing you getting tagged. Because speaking of LinkedIn functionality, when you said people don't need to be following you, mm-hmm. I, I get anytime someone posts something and tags you in it, I see it in my feed. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. Look at that. Another person just used the inspiration from Jasmine to create a resume. And I know because I see the resume like a social media platform or like a user interface. Yeah. And I'm like, I know this is a Jasmine on my feed. Like, I immediately, <laughs> I know that it's you coming, coming through. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it so much. Okay. So we're going to pivot a bit and talk about the post that you had created about people using LinkedIn as a dating site. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay, so I thought this person was coming to me like because they worked at Meta, and I'm like, okay, Meta is like something I know I applied to their social media role before, so maybe I can like talk to this person. 
And they're like, can I ask you a personal question or a question? I'm like, sure. And they were like, are you open to dating or hanging? It was like something along those lines. And I didn't reply. And then they came back and was like, are you still like open to, I'm like, why are you still talking to me? Like, I didn't respond. Circling back. Yeah, they circled back. (laughs) Like, I know you see my post. I know you see me talking about you. Why are you in my DMs still? Like, this is crazy. There's so many dating websites and this is, I am trying to get a job. Why are you, and you don't even live in my state. Like, I think he lived in like, Kentucky or it was something it was or Tennessee Nashville whatever but I'm like why are you talking to me and you look like you're way older than me I'm only 23 like you look like you're probably my dad's age (laughs) yeah hard passer how do you handle creepy people in your inbox whether it is on LinkedIn or other platforms I either block them or just completely ignore them because it's just so weird. Like, sometimes I think, like, I'm being, like, punked. Like, I'm like, this cannot be, like, serious right now. Like, people are actually on this type of time. Like, it's weird. <laughs> what advice would you give to other people who are dealing with creepy people in their inbox? Block and ignore. I know. I've seen this girl. She actually outed them out on her actual LinkedIn. Like, she took a screenshot and put it on her LinkedIn and wrote like a whole caption talking about like uh like the just the situation and she tagged his job and there were so many other people in the comments like he also DM'd me too. It was just like Stop. no, yes. There was like he also DM'd me too, was harassing me. I'm like, now you're about to lose your job because you're just being a creep. Oh my gosh. I love that, to be honest with you. I think that you make your bed in boxes and there's a difference between shooting your shot at the right time and just completely using something for the wrong, wrong form. Mm -hmm. And I also don't like it, especially on LinkedIn, because like you mentioned, it is a professional networking platform. And just like if you were going to be at a networking event or a conference, there's a delineation between treating people as professionals versus, you know, trying to slide into their uh, DMs and use it like a swipe right. And (laughs) it's it's so frustrating to be a professional woman in the space because like, let's be realistic, it does happen more to women than it would to men. Mm -hmm. And guys just are so creepy sometimes. I absolutely hate it. And I think good on you for putting that post out there because I'm sure that there were other women who can also relate. I don't think I've met one woman who has not had this experience mm-hmm. unless they just don't have their profile picture up on LinkedIn. Right. You don't even, you can't even swipe to see like a bunch of different pictures. You just see one profile picture and you just. Yeah. I, like it's weird. And, and you know. like the way that you write. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. There's something about that resume know. that you created. Your resume just really. <laughs> does it for me (laughs) (laughs) right because there's nothing else on there (laughs) oh i can't i know you're taking a break right now from linkedin are you planning on going back yeah i plan on going back especially to connect with other people in my industry and just to gain insight and advice from people who aren't in my industry that just been like in the workspace for years but it's still a cool platform. Like I like looking, I like seeing other people's accomplishments, what they're doing in their lives or life updates. 
Um, I've actually um, met with a social media manager who's also in Houston who met, who I connected with on LinkedIn. And we went to brunch the other day. It was so fun. She was so sweet. But um, yeah, so I continue, I will continue to be on there and meet new people and just like get as much out of it as I can. Yeah. What have you gotten out of LinkedIn so far? Because I know you're on this podcast because of LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> because of LinkedIn. What else is, how else has your world changed? I got some clients from LinkedIn. I got two new clients. One is a hot sauce, hot pepper sauce, actually. They sell hot pepper sauce, Trinidadian hot pepper sauce. I am going to buy it because they, it looks like it's so good. And then another one is the HR consulting. Her company is the right CEO. She, she does like resume revamping and stuff like that. But those are the two that I have right now. I'm still looking to get some more clients. But I was like trying to figure out, I was connecting with other social media marketer managers because like I wanted to see how I should price things. Because with me having a full-time job, I thought I could take on so many clients, but realistically, I can't take on that many clients. Like social media is more than just posting. Like it can be draining. Like you have to actually be on your client's page, like studying their audience and their industry and being able to implement marketing strategies that will bring them, you know, more sales or more clients. So I was like, I have to put a cap on this. So like right now I'm only taking three until I can get a remote job and then like, you know, take on some more. But currently I am waiting to hear back from Twitter because I did get in touch with a manager. Well, I got in touch with a recruiter first. A lot of them were so helpful. They were helping me like there were some engineers in the comments, recruiters, like one engineer, he recommended me to a job role, which was product strategist. Cause I'm like, I can explore, like I'm open to exploring, but I think these roles I was applying for was like mid senior level. I was applying, I was applying for them anyway, because like, that's the worst thing someone can say is no. So I applied for it. And like one of the recruiters, they got back to me. They was like, unfortunately this isn't a fit, but please like, you know, look at the site to stay updated on like what could be a fit for you. So like, instead of taking that and just like not replying to him, I replied to him and I said, thank you so much for even acknowledging my resume and looking at my application. If you have any advice for me, like how someone can succeed, who's just now breaking into the industry, I would love to like chat. And he was like, we can set up a time to chat. So like I chatted with him. He gave me a lot of great advice. He was really nice. And he connected with me on LinkedIn. And then there's a recruiter who reached out to me, who connected me with their years of services manager. And they just sent me a assessment to do that I turned in yesterday because they said they were uh, looking to schedule uh, candidates for screenings earlier this week. So I'm still looking to see if I'm going to get called for a screening, but I hope I am because that's one more step oh closer gosh. to possibly being unemployed sooner, I wish. I hope I wish. I wish for you too. I think they would be so lucky to have you. You have such a natural curiosity too. And Mm -hmm. even that extra step of asking for feedback or asking for someone to give you advice, it's like a humble act, but it also is a really great way to get your foot in the door Mm -hmm. and keep learning. So even if it's that sole benefit for just getting advice, your curiosity <laughs> for learning and inquiring and getting more is, I think, absolutely going to continue to set you up for success. Yes, I agree. I always need to practice that too. I am naturally a very curious person. You do a better job of it than I do investigating. <laughs> How are your peers in your generation using social media from your observation point? My generation is 
milking social media. I feel like everyone is hopping. I feel like my generation and my parent, my mom has even observed it. She was like, even though like our parents were like go-getters, hustlers, we've took that characteristic from them and like we've taken it to the next level. Like anything that's like trending or like can make us money, we're like constantly hopping on, trying to figure out ways that like we can implement it into our own professional careers or things that we like to do. Cause there's so many entrepreneurs right now. Like I love it, especially since COVID started, even people who aren't Gen Z, like you can make money a bunch of different ways. Like what I've posted, one income is close to none by the way these companies are dropping all these great employees. You have to make sure you have a backup, whether that's like a hobby or like things that you like to do. Like it's good to have like, you know, a little side hustle because you never know what's going to happen. Like look what's happening in the world right now. Prices are going up and like no one's getting paid more. And there's someone in this world who's going to pay for what you do. So I feel like my generation is starting to see that. And they're seeing how social media has affected or elevated so many other people's lives. And they're like hopping on the train. Like when Vine was around, so many people hopped on Vine. I didn't. But I wish I did because those people who were on Vine are like big now. Like they're playing in movies. They're like so like rich, like making a bunch of money. But like now TikTok and like doing reels and stuff, I advise people to hop on the train right now because people are paying for like, if you get a lot of like engagement, even people with less than a thousand followers on TikTok, they reach out to these companies. Like I would like to like use your product in my videos and people send them free products or like pay for them to post. So like, this is such an easy way to get your yourself out there, your name out there get associated with these brands, you know, build relationships. And I feel like my generation is like seeing that and like, like I said, just milking it. (laughs) I like it. I like the insight, especially from seeing the opportunities all over the place. What do you think is the most popular platform right now for Gen Z? TikTok. Honestly, it's between TikTok and Twitter because Twitter, I love Twitter. But like any type of videos or content, it always starts out on TikTok first. It's TikTok, then it goes to Twitter, then it goes to Instagram, then it goes to Facebook. (laughs) But it's always, it always starts at TikTok. (laughs) Are you using Facebook at all? I have a Facebook platform, but I don't use it. I think that's how everyone feels. Well, not everyone. That's a sweeping generalization. But I feel like a lot of the younger crowd and the millennials and Gen Z are on Facebook for like one purpose, whether it is to keep up with family, to be on groups, mm-hmm. or to log into anything where they have a second authentication that they have to log in with Facebook. But that's kind <laughs> or of Facebook Marketplace in. or Facebook Marketplace. That's true. I do love yeah. a good deal from Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. So rounding it out, back to LinkedIn. If someone is interested in getting more out of LinkedIn, what advice would you recommend for them to improve their experience? I would recommend them to just be themselves. Like, don't be scared to go connect. When I was connecting with people on LinkedIn, I didn't just send them a connection request. I introduced myself. I said, I am looking to connect with other empowering leaders in my industry. I would love to like connect with you, gain a relationship, things like that. I sent that to literally every person that I sent a connection to instead of just sending them just like I can build a relationship because like if you send that go reply and be like thank you like I would like let me know if I can help you in any type of way like I know I got some of those things from like um 
people who have like roles at like Hulu, YouTube and stuff like that. It's like, let me know if I can do anything for you, things like that. So I think not being scared to introduce yourself, not being scared to actually make a status post. Like even though everyone's like posting their achievements and stuff, like people like to see that stuff. So don't think that you're just like, you know, another person posting something like no one's going to like it or anything. Just post it. (laughs) And, um, go on there and look at like what jobs are being posted. And like, if you see a job that you like, try reaching out to a recruiter at that company or even the manager at that company, because like taking an extra step to actually introduce yourself to someone in a higher up position that you're applying for can really make an impact. So be yourself, post often, connect with people. Don't be scared to talk. I love it. I love the advice. I think you have done an incredible job putting yourself out there as a creator in the space. I am so excited to see if Twitter finally calls you back and screening (laughs) and gives you an offer that you can't resist because they would Mm -hmm. be so lucky to have you. But Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I loved interviewing you and getting to explore this space with you. Where can listeners connect with you? They can connect with me on my Instagram. Let me see, because I have a bunch of letters in my Instagram. It's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> my Instagram is J-A-S-S-Y-Y dot underscore, underscore, underscore. So that's three underscores. I don't know why it's just so complicated. And my Twitter is J-A-A-S-S-Y-Y underscore, underscore, underscore. And then my TikTok. I'm sure you can find my TikTok from my Instagram. I'm not going to continue to do all those jaa you can find my tiktok from my instagram so as long as you follow me on instagram we can connect and you can reach out to me in my dms if you want my um linkedin account my linkedin account is just jasmine king but yeah and don't slide into her dms to date on linkedin people please don't please don't it's just (laughs) you're gonna get blocked (laughs) all right jasmine thanks so much all right thank you for having me Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Social Complex Podcast. Your support means the world to me. So if you enjoy this episode and want to hear more, be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, bringing you various stories, deep dives, and discussions around the complexities of social media in our modern world. To follow along for more, be sure to follow us at Your Social HQ on Instagram or check out Social HQ at www.yoursocialhq.com. I'm your host, Hillary Applegate, and I'll see you back here next week. Stay sane out there. This episode of The Social Complex was produced by You Lucky Dog Podcasts. Do you love recording your podcast, but the idea of mixing and editing makes you want to pull your hair out? Well, you're in luck. Whether you're just getting started or looking for help with an already established show, You Lucky Dog Podcast can help take your content to the next level. Put your show in the hands of experienced professionals so you can focus on creating and having fun. Visit youluckydogpodcast.com and book your podcast consultation today. That's youluckydogpodcast.com.